You're listening to Butchertown Rundown, a racing Louisville podcast and the official podcast of the Lavender Legion. Welcome to the Butchertown Rundown, a podcast about the only top-tier professional sports team in the Commonwealth of Kentucky. I am Tom Benson, here with Becky Morgan, Caitlin Whiteside. We are about one hour after our racing Louisville football club came up with a tough, gutty, nil-nil draw at Houston. How are we feeling tonight? Man, I feel... Honestly, I feel I feel hopeful. I know that's very dangerous to say, but after that performance, I just I can't help but think there's so much to be excited about this season. What about you guys? Oh, I I agree 100%. I mean, we will go more into details about why I feel this way like later in the podcast, but no, this is this looked like a different team. Statistically, this was a different team. There are a lot of things beyond just like getting a point in a tough away game that really point towards this this being an exciting year. So I'm I'm thrilled. It was an excellent game. We've got a lot to talk about. We are going to talk about it. Just two quick notes. If you didn't listen to Lavender Louisville, we'd invite you to do so. They are doing a fantastic job. They had mentioned in their last preview that we would be doing a season preview, which we were unable to do, uh, unfortunately. But I think they did a great job. Vamos Morados did a great job. I think we're good to get into the season. And Becky, oh my goodness, I never thought we'd find ourselves here. We here at Butchertown Rundown have a bit of an announcement. What is it? We are very excited to say that we are, as you've heard actually in the opening, that we are now the official podcast of the Lavender Legion supporters group. We love the Lavender Legion. We have all been members for a long time. Tom and Caitlin are board members. And we are just so thrilled that they agreed to sponsor us for this season. We will bear the Lavender Legion name with a lot of pride and not take it lightly because this is an excellent organization. They put so much into game day. And I mean, they're just such a fun group to chat with. I love our Slack. I love that we can all just, you know, watch games together and make jokes and keep it light, even when things don't go perfectly. So it's just, it's a great group of people and it's growing all the time. So many new people have joined this off season that I already feel like I've been becoming friends with and I can't wait to meet at actual games. So if you're not a member, I mean, it's $5 and two cents. Join, join the Slack, be part of the conversation. It's so much fun. Caitlin, what's your favorite thing about being a Legion member? Well, uh, you, you kind of covered it. My favorite thing is the <laughs> Slack. The Slack channel is, it's top tier entertainment. You meet a lot of people there. And honestly, with the Slack channel, it's just like, it is just like one long group chat. And it's like someone is always awake at all hours of the night <laughs> for you to True. discuss anything racing related. Someone is going to be there for you um, to talk about. And then I've also met um, so many new friends, uh, new people that I call friends now. And um, as an adult, it's hard to make friends, yeah. right? Word. But you know, you join the Lavender Legion. We already have the shared interest. We we love racing. So yeah, definitely, definitely join. Um, 
it's a it's a great organization, as Becky said. And I mean, don't feel intimidated too. I know a lot of people can think like, oh, well, I mean, these people have been talking for a long time. Maybe I don't want to do game day stuff because I have kids or I don't live nearby. So why would I be part of the Legion? And like, it's not that way at all. It's if it's just a group of people to talk with, I mean, that's all it has to be. And it is still just absolutely a blast. So Tom, what about you? What is the big thing that keeps you as a lavender... uh, as a Lavender Legion member, if I can get it out. I mean, I think Caitlin hit the nail on the head that uh, sometimes it gets hard to make friends. And I am not going to go all super wishy-washy. I've made the greatest friends of my life. No, that's, uh, you make the, as everyone knows, you make the greatest friends of your life, uh, your freshman year of high school when you go to summer camp. Uh, but I've met good folks. Like, and it's it's fun. It's lighthearted. Uh, I've enjoyed the camaraderie. You find a diverse group of people there, and that's really hard to do. I mean, you may be listening right now and thinking, like, I voted a certain way, so I won't be accepted. No, there are people from all political parties there. I look a certain way. I'm a little older. I'm a little younger. No, everybody is united by the fact that we all love racing. We want to talk about racing. We love racing, but not too much. It's fun. Uh, so if you you need to really, if you are a human being drawing breath, we want you there. The more, the merrier. And I am going to put out, we're going to be talking about the Lavender Legion all season long and all the different benefits of it. But I want to start and reach out to some of our listeners that may not feel naturally like they would be included in the Lavender Legion. And I'm going to do it in the form of a question that Becky knows the answer to. So Becky, (laughs) when Caitlin gives the answer, tell her how close she is. Caitlin, for listeners of the Butchertown Rundown, how many different countries do you think we have gotten consistent downloads from? Um, uh, 10. I think it's 12. I do. I think oh, it's so close. I can't so close. remember though. Germany is by far the number one. Thank you to our German listeners. There's three of you. Did not expect that. <laughs> Um, we also have some listeners in England and a pretty consistent listener in Mexico and a pretty consistent listener in Brazil. So, and we've also had listens in Hong Kong and Australia. We've been listened to in every continent, but Africa, and that might change this year with our two African players. Absolutely. So if you are uh, living outside of the United States, please join the Legion. They are, as we speak, trying to find different ways to connect, interact, make you as an international fan of Racing Louisville feel a part of the community. And the best way to do that is for you to tell them. So join, get on the website, send an email, and we look forward to you joining us and having fun as a member of the Legion. And... Keep in mind, I don't know if it's officially sanctioned as part of the Legion, but it's definitely run by a Legion member. There's a Facebook group specifically for international 
Legion fans. So search for it. I I wish I knew the name of it off the top of my head, but if you just search the um, the Racing Louisville fan groups and you will be sure to find it. Um, definitely worthwhile if you're an international fan. Yes, and going back to the Slack real quick, I'm looking at it right now. Uh, a highlight for me on the Slack earlier today was seeing the art project that Bridget Moondragon had put on there where she was yes. doing like 3D like stuff with the cards. It was really cool stuff. Great work. Custom cards, custom trading cards. Pretty badass. So it, no matter what your, uh, what your uh, hobby is, if you love racing, uh, we would love to have you as members of the Legions. But Becky, I, I need to do something. Even from the very beginning <laughs> of the Butchertown Rundown, I have been looking for an opportunity to do an NPR voice. I'm not and surprised. I, I know. I've got like 15 <laughs> different voices and I'm just kind of like ticking off which ones, but you know how, so you know, like whenever there's an NPR pledge drive and they're like, and they're like, um, like, uh, Dynacorp sponsors this program. And you're like, Oh, thanks Dynacorp. But we actually can do, and I can do an NPR voice because the donation from the Lavender Legion that got the sponsorship was actually from a Lavender Legion member, friend of the podcast, friend of all racing fans, Michael Shaw. Florida Lee FC. Florida yes. Lee FC. So I am going to read something and I'm going to uh, make sure that I've got my best NPR voice. All right, here we go. The Butchertown Rundown is made possible through a generous grant from Michael Shaw of FleurdeLeeFC.com. FleurdeLeeFC.com, a fan site of women's professional soccer players in Louisville. You know, Michael, uh, we're so thankful that you sponsored the, the, the pod just because, you know, it makes things easier on us. But what's truly priceless is that you made tom's dream come true i mean this was a, not just a sponsorship it was almost like a make a wish for, for tom Benson. so so thank you michael you you really i think you, you made his night i know i know it and really though if that didn't make my night going down to houston gutting out a nil nil draw caitlin what did you like that you saw in that match oh man how much time do you have <laughs> no <laughs> no um i yeah there there was a lot to like um our our defense our back line is so vastly improved oh, it's just can you, how are you taking that <laughs> like I, yeah i it it just is like they uh, to me, if if our defense from last year had been in this game, the score would have been two or three to zero, and yeah. that's not a knock on them. That's just uh, it's credit to the offseason changes that the team made. It looks more organized back there. It's not perfect. Um, we were getting eaten alive on that right side, but we can talk about that later. Mm -hmm. um, but that was really exciting, and then also just the interplay between all of our forwards and midfield was just, they were playing some really beautiful soccer and I, you know, they didn't finish any of their 
uh, chances, but they were creating them. And honestly, when it starts to click, it's going to be, it's going to be so, oh man, it's going to be so fun to watch. So did you guys see, you know, the same things or what, what did you guys notice? I mean, for me, it's, it's one thing. It's, it's one big thing. And that is confidence. Mm. This team had confidence that they have never had before i mean canoe was relentless you know Uh, players were going in for the attack and they were not stopping wong Mm. ari ellie pikiamsa playing in a position i mean i guess she said she played it fairly regularly when she was in sweden but still not the position that she was signed to play in holloway looked pretty darn confident you know for playing out of position and kind of being a probably very late you know, yeah. addition, mm-hmm. not knowing what the lineup was going to be. And of course, I mean, Abby Ersig is is ice cold. I think that woman has ice in her veins because, you know, there were some shaky situations and she wasn't rattled. Um, pick it mm-hmm. rock solid. But I mean, just the whole mindset of this team wasn't like, oh, my gosh, we're we're running to keep up. And like we're playing like our pants are on mm-hmm. fire because like we're, we're barely holding on to the situation We're we're clinging on with our fingernails. Like, no, this is a team that was legitimately in control, was confident and and had confidence like I've never seen. I mean, I feel like no matter what happens with this season, this game shows that we have finally taken the step out of being an expansion team. You know, yes. we feel like really? a true NWSL team. Now. Yeah, I, I can. Yeah, I agree. No, go ahead. I agree with that. No, um, I, I was going to say, like, there were points in this game where i was like man do we have swagger now we have some <laughs> swagger on this team nice. we do i mean yeah. you watch U- uchenna canoe and she is all up in the goalkeeper's face at all times oh, yeah. like i'm sure jane campbell just was thought she was like a fly and was just like get out of my <laughs> face but she just never like her press was so good and she just did not stop and it's because she has the confidence and like you said, and just, there's a, there's a swagger that has not been there uh, before now. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't necessarily, I'm not going to go as far as saying like, Oh, we're an NWSL playoff team. We're an NWSL team. That's going to dominate, but no, I mean, we are just not an expansion team. We don't feel like a team that is still trying to build a foundation. It feels like there's a foundation and it's a pretty solid one. We'll see what happens with it. But no, I mean, I feel like we've finally gone away from like clearing ground and trying to figure out the place to, you know, put our roots down. Like, no, I feel like our roots are down and we are growing for the first time. And I'm I'm very, very pleased with that. So, Tom, what what is your biggest takeaway from this game? What do you think absolutely like is the, the glaring thing that stood out to you? The glare, two things stood out to me, and I think Caitlin was was right on as far as the um, the defense and the swagger is the fact that there were several uh, nervy moments on defense where I expected, I don't, don't want to say, I would not have been surprised if we would have given up a goal. I was up, I was pacing around, I was um, folding laundry in a way that meant that I didn't have to watch the TV as I was just kind of <laughs> listening to see if the uh, the call went the wrong way. And I would look up, look up and Abby Urseg looked like, ah, you're right, Morgan, like she was so calm. Like I was, I was nervous. I'm thinking to myself, 
all right, you know, how Benson, make sure you make it through this season. And she was cool as a cucumber in the box, the way she cleared, the way she defended. A lot of times looked like she was moving at about 75% speed. And I think some of it is, you know, what we've, we've all talked about is having that NWSL experience on that back line and having somebody that is a true in her prime veteran back there that no wasted movements, no need to be nervous when you don't need to be nervous. And I think that, first of all, I'm going to give a ton of credit to Rebecca Holloway who played, I mean, y'all, was that the best game she's played for racing? I, I mean, think so. Yeah, I think that's the, is that the most minutes she's played in a game? Did she play the whole game? I think so. She played the whole game. Unless it did, who did Wine replace? Wine replaced Pukiyamsa, right? Yeah. Then I'm pretty sure she played the the whole game, yeah. Yeah, and Rebecca Holloway played most of the game with a bloody nose, you know? Yeah, because it wouldn't wouldn't be a racing game if you didn't have somebody from from, uh, the British Isles from the British Isles playing <laughs> while they were bleeding. So good job to make sure we, she checked that box. No, and, she and, played Kim, great and Kim specifically said after the game that she has worked really hard to get even more fit in the off season. And he's been really impressed by, by what she did. And I think it showed. Uh, she, mm-hmm. she earned it. And I think that um, I give her all the credit in the world, but I also give credit to Abby Ersig. And you, if you know, you're, she's the captain. And the fact is, is that, um, you know, if you are the captain and you are a defender and the team gives up three goals, that's on you, even if it wasn't you that missed it. But if you're the captain and you keep a clean sheet, that's on you. I thought that that was something that really stood out to me. And also, I felt that we each, like you saw us throughout the game, just clever little flicks, you know, something from Canoe, something from DeMello, something from Borges, you know, Jess McDonald. Oh my gosh. How many oh, that balls shot, is she good? That curling many, shot. I mean, oh yeah. I just feel like I I feel like this game is going to count for more than a point because these players don't know each other yet. Those clever flicks that you know, ended up being turnovers because someone didn't realize they should have been making a run. That'll get fixed. Now the other teams will figure that out too. Uh, but once that gets fixed and they start feeling e- each other out a little bit more, uh, I think that this offense can can go to a level, this attack can go to a level that we haven't seen before in Louisville. Well, just one thing I have to say really quickly about Abby Ersig before we move on is that I have to give her a shout out for being the ninth player in NWSL history to make it to 13,000 minutes. And that is incredible because she does not look like a player who has played 13,000 minutes. She, I mean, she is so fit and still so fast compared to so many Mm -hmm. other center backs that it is amazing that she has played as long as she has, I think since she was 14 or 15 and is like over half her life. And she is still like this rock solid. I mean, that's, that's really incredible. And we're so lucky to have her. It's funny because after the game, um, Carson Pickett said like, I'm sure she has no idea. She has that many minutes. She's like, I had no idea. That was kind of funny, (laughs) but um. I mean, what you said about them getting to know each other. I mean, yes, I agree. They still like need to to connect on some of these little 
things they weren't perfect but my god they still connected a lot better than i thought yeah, like did. than i was even expecting them to connect mm-hmm. like that one moment when sav got ahead and like kicked back to canoe and canoe almost got it like ooh, mm-hmm. like that you were just mm. like man they're connect they're they're connecting like that already like you can tell that like sav is like i found kindred spirits mm-hmm. and like they're all feeling that way and you know like I've written about this a lot. Bev has talked about it a lot. All the players talk about it a lot, like the heart this team has. But I mean, like they love each other. When you are in interviews with them, like the vibe is so different and they're so happy. And like Pickett after the game today was just like, I love this team like family. I cannot tell you how much I love these people. She's like, we already have inside jokes together and I just got here. Like they, that is going to count for so much. They're going to want (laughs) to learn each other's runs that much faster and each other's little playing styles because they love each other and they want to spend all their time together. And that is such an amazing thing to have that. I mean, I think that that brings a lot of the confidence and I think that brings the willing to put your body on the line, like Lauren Malay willing to lie on the ground with like the ball trapped between her knees until Katie could dive on her. Well, and then Ordonez was like trying to kick it. And I was like, (laughs) she's got it. You're kicking her while she's, but she was just like, I'm not letting go of this. I mean, that willingness to like, Mm -hmm to put yourself on the line i mean you do that when you really care about the team and you really care about the people and yeah. i mean i think that that is going to be like the boost the that takes racing to a different level because this is a really really special group so i'm gonna so i'm gonna go back to you caitlin because you are a huge music fan and mm-hmm. we have i feel as though like yes we have talked about this great game and it was fun and even as we're talking about it i'm kind of like it, it says something that when the game was over, I felt a little bit disappointed. I'm like, ah, if, if Ari could have gotten that shot. Fact is, man, you're going nil-nil. We're the only team, I mean, as of this recording, I don't know who's going right now. Every home team won except Houston. And we held Angel them City's to winning, nil. so. Yeah. So we're, I mean, it's, it is a good result. Houston looks to be a playoff team. We went into their building. So all these things we have said are things that uh, every racing fan is like, yep, amen. But I'm going to ask you, Caitlin, as a big music fan, I want you to give me a deep cut. I don't want you to give me like the number one Taylor Swift song. I want you to give go like deep into the catalog and tell me what is something that you loved from this game that I may not have seen. Oh man. Put her on the spot, Tom. My God. Welcome to Butcher <laughs> Time Rainbow, Caitlin. That's a Wait. question for, of respect. So, <laughs> so you want me to pick a, a, a deep cut Taylor Swift song? No, no, not a day. No, no just okay. no, no, that was just the analogy. So. Okay, okay. Because I, I would do music, that. So. But you gotta give me some time. <laughs> but okay. So a deep cut that uh I, I took away from it that like maybe you know, and someone like me that may not have seen it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to get my uh, handy dandy um, notebook out that I took notes on um, and see uh, what I wrote down. Um, I think the biggest thing to me that I was just like really, really impressed with was Carson Pickett getting forward. Mm. Just, just it. I, I know that's probably obvious, but like, I I was just so 
impressed. She doesn't play like a defender. You know, she she is like she kind of plays more like a winger. Yeah. Um, but she can still get back to play defense. And I like I've seen Carson Pickett play before, you know, but, you know, you don't pay as much attention if they're not on your team. Usually you're like, oh, I wish they wouldn't do that. But mm-hmm. now <laughs> now that she's on our team, I'm like, oh, OK, <laughs> I I love this. Um, and I was just. I was so impressed with that. And then there are like various other um, like, like combinations of, of players that I just, I loved like, like Wong and and Sav and, you know, Wong is so good with distributing the ball like that. She's so smart. It's like, she just knows where to go like at all times. And I, I think Sav is also like that. So when they're all when they all get on the same page, like I said earlier, it's gonna be it's gonna be lights out. Like that's how excited I am about this. And that's that's what I notice is just the just the various um combinations that uh and, and offensive threats that racing has. That is a really exciting development for me. So Tom, you put Caitlin on the spot. So I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> put you on the spot and we're gonna have a conversation that I don't think you totally wanna have. It's the Emily Fox Carson Pickett conversation because I mean, Caitlin and I at least were talking about this. I mean, I think Emily is amazing. I think she is has the title of best outer back in the league, um, if not one of the top in the world. I mean, I, I am high on her. But one thing that really stuck out to me, and, and Caitlin pointed this out more earlier, is that Carson doesn't back pass as much. She is so much more confident. Um, in the attack and has created so much more for us as a result while still going back and and defending is she as fast is she able to do like the amazing cuts that fox can do like through like four defenders that make them like literally fall over and break their ankles no but i think that pickett is better for racing than emily fox i don't necessarily think emily fox is a worse player than Pickett or that Pickett is a better player than Fox, but I think Carson Pickett is better for racing Louisville. Tom, hot seat. What do you think? Are the wounds still just too raw? Still pretty raw, Becky. Still pretty raw. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I am, I am uh, still uh, team bring back Emily Fox. Uh, I am still lamenting my troops that I've lost in the Tudorberg Forest, and, <laughs> and and want to bring Emily Fox back. However, I think that there there are, you know, you, you cannot when you look at it, and 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 you know, like every sports fan, you consider the heart versus the head. You know, you Carson Pickett for Emily Fox, like that was not the deal. The deal was. Emily Fox for Carson Pickett and Abby Ursag. And the two, you know, the back line is better as a whole, as a unit. You know, we've only seen one game. Um, but at the same time, um, you know, I feel as though, I mean, it's, you know, it is no shade on players that have been center backs in the past to compliment um Abby Ersek. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's fantastic. She is so good. And, you know, I talked earlier about her demeanor. I mean, 
a damn good player regardless. I mean, it's not, it, you know, you, you are getting leadership along with, you know, talent. Um, you know, any professional sports league, you need talent. Uh, she's got both. Um, I, when the trade was made, I, you know, racing throughout the team's infancy has always been a very young team. And that's been a lot of fun. You know, the reason that I loved Emily Fox and still do is it's like, oh, this is a journey we can take with these young players as they grow. But it's easy to, when you are in that mindset, to discount the value of veterans, of players that know how to win in the league, that know how to bring, you know, younger players along. And that is clearly evident with Pickett and Urseg. Like they have, I, I think last year we got, you know, Jay Mack was a, a veteran winner in this league. She did her best to bring the young players along. This is the mindset you need to win. This is way. This is the way you need to approach training. This is the way you need to approach games. Um, Jay Mack's a champion. Um, she's a world class player. I think that she didn't have enough players with her to give that message and now she's got more um so i i think that um i think that uh it is a total credit to urseg and Pickett. first of all and i I, and, and i'm not gonna lie there are two things that i don't like about carson pickett uh, number one is that she took Emily's spot, any Emily Fox's spot. Uh, number two is that she's taken free kicks that I loved DeMello taking. But at the same time, if, uh, you know, I love the players, but I love results. And the fact is, is that, um, you know, I think that, you know, I'm putting the magic number at two, you know, pick it a, a combination of assist or score a goal. I think people like me will say like, you know, it was, it was best for the team, even if our hearts are broken. And um, I like cannot watch a North Carolina game and every, and I have to mute uh, North Carolina on Twitter because whenever I see somebody else uh, say Foxy, my hair gets a little greater um, and I just get <laughs> sad. Uh, but I, I look, it, it's been one game. It's been one off season, but I mean, even the biggest skeptics such as myself, you know, have to say that, I mean, it looks, it doesn't just look good on paper. It looks good on the field. But if, we're, if we are going to be like, you're going to bring me down, I'm going to throw it right back at y'all to say that like, there was a lot of great stuff in that Houston game. Give me Becky something that wasn't so great that you look and say that is something I don't want to say that you were necessarily disappointed in, but is room for improvement going forward. Okay, I will definitely do that, but I want to acknowledge two points first. One, Pickett did not take Fox's spot because Fox is now a right back. So that's right. Let's, let's keep that in mind because I mean, she could come back and be just fine if we somehow managed that. Not to like plant that seed in, in time. We could brain. not get that lucky, Becky. No, we, we won't. But I'm just saying that, you know, Fox is almost exclusively right back now. Um, she is for North Carolina and the national team she is increasingly as done is coming in as left back. So interesting revolution mm-hmm. there. 
Second, just I, I can't let it hang with J-Mac because I felt like last season, especially in retrospect, she was like dragging the kids along with her. Yep. Like, be aggressive. Yep. Come on, guys. I'm yep. making the run. You make the run. And that just affected her game. Did she not play freer than you've seen her in a racing uniform tonight? Oh, I yeah. Mean, 100%. That, that curler that like totally almost took Jane Campbell by a surprise just in general the crosses she was sending in the movement I mean you could see that she was finally playing like I only really have to worry about myself because these other people got it and Mm -hmm. I thought that was really great so okay I know I've like created a delay and because I didn't want to talk about stuff I didn't like but As great as I think Holloway did and as improved as I think she is and as incredible as Lauren Malay was and as, you know, willing as she was to be able to put it all on the line and fight through. And I mean, she made some good interceptions and some good blocks mm-hmm. and, and you know, took, took over the ball in a few areas that I think surprised Houston. But our right side of defense is just so obviously weaker than our left mm-hmm. side of defense that every team is just going to go down the right side. I mean, it's, it's obvious. Did they even try and go down the left once? Like, I, I mean, they, they would go down the right and they would go central. It was like only when they any... forgot, like only when they <laughs> forgot, like they would but, do it. It would get cut off. Like, Oh wait, now the coach is yelling at me. Now I, I remember we're not attacking that side this game. I cannot think of a single time they actually tried to move the ball aggressively down the right side. It was always down the center or down the left using Ryan Garris to make runs, to try and beat Malay and to try and beat Holloway. And she came darn close a few times yeah and so i really think that that's that's an issue i also think that as an issue that will be cleared up when at least to to more of an extent when howell and um and lester are not injured um Mm -hmm. i think that there's a good chance that we will see lester is right back more um i mean i think malay did a fine job but Compared to Ersig and Pickett, I mean, it's it's almost a shame that they are next to each other because it's so like left side strong, right side not. I'm not gonna say weak, not as strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And Houston was rusty. We were rusty, and we didn't make shots that we should have made. But they were also rusty and did not make shots they should have made. And so, I mean, if this was mid season, this could have been a three three game, or it could have been a, a zero three game either way. And that's a little worrisome, but the fact that like we attacked from all angles and they could target us only on one side and know that they could make progress, I think is worrying. And every, every team is going to see it. Mm-hmm. What do you think, yeah. Caitlin? What is something that's, that's glaring for you? Um, definitely the, uh, the right side, um, because we they, they just kept getting caught out of position you know like we we play a high press so that means like they're playing super high up on the field and so Houston on a couple times there uh we almost got beat on the counterattack or we did yeah. get beat they didn't score but it was absolutely like almost you know disastrous because we just couldn't get back fast enough or we were just out of position. And um, the other thing was sometimes they weren't marking uh, players like they should have. Mm. Like, guys, Ebony yeah, Salmon, Salmon just open. you cannot, yes, you mm. cannot leave her open anywhere around the 18-yard box. And I'm sure they know that. And, you know, to their credit, she didn't score a goal. So they kept her at bay. But 
there was one point where she was just literally standing at the top of the 18 and there were three racing players like behind her like off you know to the side not covering her and then so whoever they were trying to mark just passed it to salmon and she sent a ball in and we you know we to quote uh our dear andy bashir we can't be doing that you guys (laughs) you know we just we can't um so they just yeah, they have to they have to be better about marking, especially on that right side, the 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 weaker side. One thing I will say though that was so much improved over last year is that like there were times that our defenders literally tripped over each other and like got in each other. They did head. have one of that one moment today one, like that. But one when <laughs> I'm used to like four yeah. or five and, or yeah. just like they got beat and no one was getting back to catch them. Where this time, mm-hmm. I mean, pretty consistently, Holloway, if she got beaten, she got back and at least cut off the angle. And I think that happened a few times mm-hmm. with our defenders. And that made me feel a lot better that, like, even if they got beaten, even if they broke through a high line, our defenders did a much better job than I've ever seen of breaking up passing angles and, and shot angles. Like, they forced Houston to take many more passes in the box than they would like. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ebony Salmon wants to get in the box and take a damn shot and and do it in 45 seconds. And she was never, hardly ever able to take a completely clean shot on goal. So that is actually a massive improvement um, for racing. And I also thought it was kind of interesting. I mean, I guess because she's right-footed, they did play her actually on the right side, which meant that she was going up against Ursig and, and pick it a lot right. more. Yeah. So even though Although if you watch attacking- that one, I was going to say, like, if you watched, though, and it was funny, like, when I, when they showed the graphic for the starting lineup and um, she was playing in front of Didasco, it's like, okay, so uh, Salmon's not going to be playing any defense today. She's not going to be tracking back. That's why they put her on that side. But she floated a ton. She didn't mm-hmm. stay true to that in a lot of ways. Um, she... I think they just kind of let her go where she wanted to go mm-hmm. in. And I don't, I, in a very, you know, way that was very positive for her game, but she didn't stay, you know, all of her, you know, chances that I recall came from that right side, even though she was, uh, even though she was, you know, by lineup sheet on the other side. No, she was on the right side in the lineup. I mean, she, all her, her uh, chances came from the left. I apologize. She, uh, it was, uh, she had that one shot, in front of where uh, Holloway was in front of her. So she had kind of floated to the middle and Mm -hmm. over from that, from uh, where she was playing. She had a couple, I mean, I don't even want to stay there from the right side because she floated so centrally, but the, I I can think of a couple that went to the right netting only because she was trying to curl it around Ursig and couldn't, but she was Mm. in front of goal. Yeah. So I mean, you're right. You're right. you're, You're right. That I mean, she did not play solidly as like a right winger where she was technically positioned. Like, Sav did. I mean, Sav, mm-hmm. except for a few chances, only like curled in front of goal and took a shot. She made her runs and everything up and down the side that she was on. She switched left and right, but whatever side Sav was on, she mostly stayed on. Where Ebony definitely drifted much more into a central spot and kind of went wherever she needed to. But they still did a pretty darn good job of at least cutting off her angles, if not like marking her. 100% appropriately and I do actually want to point out something that's huge because you know I write recaps I, I pay attention to even just like I'm not a stats person even like a little bit like I'm I it all confuses me but 
I still pay attention to the numbers and I'm sure you guys are aware racing has had so many games where like the other team had like 29 shots and we had like two. Yeah. And in mm-hmm. this game, and I mean, there's been Houston games when they've had like 17 and we've had seven, you know, it's still a huge difference in this game. We had 17 shots and they had 15 and we had five shots on goal and they had seven. This is a very, very even game. We had nine corners to their four. Um, that's, that's excellent. Our passing ac- accuracy was 76% theirs was 77. So, I mean, mm-hmm. we, we matched yeah. them very evenly with both teams missing some fairly key defenders. You know, they were missing Katie Lind. We were missing, um, or P- Howell, which pushed Puka Yamsov. We're still missing Lester. So I think by all, like, no team had an advantage in terms of like, oh my God, they had such a severe injury. How could they function without them? And we played them evenly and they were a playoff team last year and we were at home. Mm-hmm. You know, they and they, they retained they retained all uh, 11 of their starters, I, which I heard during the broadcast. So yeah. we're essentially playing, you know, the, the same team from the last year. Team. Yeah. 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 And we held them 0-0 after they were dying for a win, I'm sure, because they lost the, the playoff game in the stadium. So, I mean, that's 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 huge to me. Mm-hmm. Can I just say that, you know, I am much newer to this league than the both of you, but one thing that just continues to just bother me. So the Dash coach's name, like Sam Laity, mm-hmm. whatever, had been with uh, O.L. Rain, good resume, um, seems to be a decent enough dude, all that good stuff. Man, brother looked like they had pulled him out of a bar. It you are I, like, so angry about the way the people dress in this. Have some respect. Have some self-respect. Tim looking good. He had put a blazer dash. on. He put a blazer on. You must love you, Casey Stoney then. Hey, you look. Uh, it's it's uh, uh you you look good. You feel good. You do good. I don't uh, know. I mean, you also I, I, see. I'm like in sweatpants and a sweatshirt, and if I feel comfortable, I feel good and I do good. So. That, but if you are if you are a manager in the greatest soccer league in the world, and like I said, best players, best concentration of players, it's like, I mean, put on a put on a shirt with a collar. I mean, is that is that, I'm like is that is that too much to ask? Like, not, <laughs> apparently not it is a jersey. Yeah, come on, man. It did look like he was wearing a warm up. Yeah, he was wearing, he was wearing the warm up. I mean, he was wearing the coaches' warm ups. I mean, all our coaches have them too, like Sergio and and I think Bev were. That's wearing true. Too. Yeah, but that tends like we're not to asking them to get dressed wear, up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're not, hey, like I said, um, I appreciate Kim. Kim looked good. Kim looked like a professional manager of a professional team, and that for me, I I appreciate that. But was I he mean, wearing if, socks? I mean, that is the mist. Is, I don't has, think he ever wears socks. I don't think he ever wears socks either, which frightens me greatly. But <laughs> I mean, maybe he wears like little tiny slip on ones that you can't see in his loafers. But like, I don't know. We will truly have turned over a new leaf as a team if Kim wears socks, let me tell you. Tell you what, if they, uh, Kim seems like the kind of coach that if he did wear socks and they won, he'd, uh, he'd keep that trend going. So that's what we need to do is we need to make sure, you know, <laughs> you know what he needs to wear? Purple socks. Go big perp, purple socks. Go big, go big perp. That's go right. Big perp. And <laughs> speaking of, I thought Monahan looked really good subbing in. She did. Also, I don't know. 
Ooh, sorry. Can I say one thing? Say it. Speaking of Kim and Monahan and everyone else, has Kim figured out how subs work? Because yes. man, he did a that great a job with point. it. Did a great job with it. That today. is a huge point. And I mean, all the subs by the 80th minute, that's crazy. I mean, I do think that what that really says more than anything is that he's actually confident with the depth on this team mm-hmm. more than he ever was in the past. Um I don't know if like the players were like, we need to be subbed more. I think he was very conscientious of the fact that it was so hot. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I think he he's just that much more confident with with who's on the bench to call in. Honestly, I, I think that is like 90% of what it is. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll say this. Um, I am a huge fan of it, especially if you're going to play a high pressing, high energy uh, style, like rotate your players. I mean, get I mean, one thing that I was looking for for this season is that I love J-Mac but you need to manage her minutes. She will give you everything she has. And she created some great chances with assists, with goals. She is fantastic. She was back on defense, you know, helping out with that, that right side all night. She is a superstar, man. If you have Alex Chidiak on the bench, 60 minutes, just fine for J Mac. When you are playing the first game of the season in Houston, um, same with Wong, same with Ari. If you have this much talent on the bench, because one thing that I'm going to be watching throughout this season, and it's something that's kind of like an open-ended question right now, is that, yes, these players, there's right now a great culture. They all love each other. But you've got about 16 athletes on that squad that feel like they should start. And eventually – you need to get them minutes because they loved each other, but they also love to play. This is their profession. I like it in the fact that I think there is pressure to perform. If you are on the front line, you need to score goals. Uh, and I think that that is very good for this team. I think there needs to be some urgency on the offensive side to put those chances in. But the flip side of that is that you have a locker room where, you know, Alex Chidiak, crazy good in the Australian season. Amina scored a ton of goals. She's going to come back. Tembi Katwana, superstar. You know, these Nadia. are players that are Nadia. I mean, I mean, Dr. Nadim, I mean, you've got players that are used to 80 minutes. And the fact is, is that you don't have enough minutes to give to all of them. How Kim manages those minutes. And also, you know, I think that as much as, and y'all did a great job interviewing Bev, by the way, that was fantastic. It was a lot of fun. Bev is going to earn her paycheck, not running drills. She's going to earn her paycheck t- walking back from camp, walking back from practice, telling, uh, you know, I say Alex Chidiak because she didn't start today. Her name comes to mind. Alex may, she may come off and score two goals and next weekend, she needs to be having this conversation. I mean, who do you take off? No, no. I mean, I, I, I don't even know, but you're, you've got a lot of talent that's going to be on the bench that you need to keep emotionally involved, intellectually involved in this club when they're not getting the minutes they want to get. I think it is easier to have players feel confident and still sit on the bench when you're doing well. Yeah. I think that it is particularly hard when you're losing and you're like, why am I not being used? Why am I not be giving a chance, given a chance because it's not working? So if racing is performing well, I, I think that some of that 
I mean, it never does their professional athletes, but I, I think that the urgency and the acuteness of that might diminish to a manageable degree. I also think, I mean, like you said, I, I, this is 100% the Bev Vienna's effect. I, I think that she may have even talked to Kim about this and said like, hey, you know, the players want to be rotated or even just talked about the benefits of it. But I mean, there's, I cannot, I've been a Bev evangelist from the beginning. I've always said this. I've been like insane about her getting to be part of this club because she has the ability to go to the players and be like, and like she said in our podcast, in our interview, hint, hint, listen to it again if you if you want to. Like, I've been the 25th player on the roster. I've been the first player on the roster. I've been the sixth. Like, I know what you're feeling right now. Or I, have a, I know what it felt like when I, she's smarter than me because she would never say I know what it felt like. She would say, I know what I felt like when I was in this situation so I can talk to you about it even if it's different, we can at least talk from that same level place. And that is where she is going to be utterly invaluable. Like you said, well, more than drills, more than the technical stuff the players love her for. I really think that that perspective, and I mean, listen to her. She is like the most wonderful person to talk to. I just want to like <laughs> sit, have a coffee and talk to Bev all the time. So like, that is also a very good thing that you want on your team. So, well, yeah. real quick, I, I, I don't want to pass over something, but then I, I, I want to kind of change tracks uh first of all becky i I think we need to combine the words bev evangelist to bev angelist (laughs) so you are now a bev angelist and two so you both got to talk to bev but caitlin you had an opportunity this last week to go to a town hall where the players talked directly asked uh answered some questions made some statements um tell us about that yeah, um, this this was a, a town hall put on uh, for season ticket holders. Um, I believe they'll probably do more events like this. Um, and, be a season ticket holder. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Go sign up for season tickets. <laughs> yeah, we got to um, we we were able to submit questions before the uh, event, so the players could you know kind of review them um beforehand um and that kind of structured the the town hall and it was it was just so nice to hear from so the players that were there were uh katie lund uh loma Lay, and uh jaylen howell mm-hmm. and it was it was so nice to hear just directly from them how uh how things are going for them and the changes that that, that have been made within the organization and they straight up said we feel safe we feel heard um we are satisfied with the changes that have been made we're really excited about moving forward and i think uh i think that should put a lot of people's minds at ease because i think number one priority for all of us at least is player safety and you know players are number one we don't have a team without Mm -hmm. the players so to hear from them and to hear from two players who have been here since the very beginning when everything went down and to hear them reiterate that hey we signed on you know for three more years for a reason because we believe in this club and we believe in the direction that it's going in i mean that was just really reassuring to hear. Um, so yeah, it was a, it was a really, really nice event overall. And uh, they answered some serious questions 
some funny questions. What were some um, of the funny questions? Well, I'm I'm kind of tooting my own horn here, but I did ask um, what their favorite uh, Will Ferrell movie uh, That's is. That's awesome. Because, <laughs> because Katie was on uh, another podcast and she made the remark that the uh, the keeper kit, it's kind of like blue and striped. And she said it it reminded her of the uh, the uh, sweatsuit in um, Kicking and Screaming, which mm. is the <laughs> soccer movie that Will Ferrell was in. And so I was like, okay, yeah, guys, what's your favorite Will Ferrell movie? Um, and for the record, Katie's is Elf, Lowe's is Talladega Nights, Jalen's is Step Brothers. You know, breaking news here. Yes, very important information. Um, and yeah, and there were other serious things and funny things. Um, yeah, it was a great time. So the weirdest tidbit that I got, and I can't even remember where I heard this, if you told me this, but I think other people also told me this, is the where they were talking about hidden talents, and apparently Jalen can do the splits but she only discovered this last year, like kind of by accident. It's not like she's like, I've always been flexible and can do a split. No, she was just like, hey, I wonder if I can do it. I can do it. And then she just like <laughs> keeps doing it all the time to everybody when they're stretching, like, look at this. I don't yes. know why. If, I can't imagine not knowing the, that you could do that. Yeah, but she. I feel like she said she can only do it like, I don't know, like one way like you know with one, one leg, leg out and one behind yeah right um but she said she's really annoying about it and she's just like hey guys yeah look what i could do and everybody's just like Ugh, we got Jaylen it doing that again no <laughs> um but yeah that was that was funny and i think another question that was asked was like what's your go-to karaoke song and uh Jalen outed herself as a believer um because wow. she said a she said a justin bieber song um which i love that for her that's great um, yeah. <laughs> we, we support her we support yeah. her in, in everything yeah yeah good for so, her yeah now that that sounds like it was a a really fun event i was really really sad to miss it but i hope there are future ones and we'll get a chance to go but i mean i I feel better about the club and where it is than I think I've I've felt about it in a very long time. And that's a relief because, I mean, we have to believe what the players are saying. They're, they seem so genuine with it. They don't, like, I don't know. There seems to be no reservations. They talk about how much they love each other. They talk about how happy they are. They talk about how they're being provided for you know, from my perspective, from the business perspective, is every has everything happened that I wanted to happen? No. Is everything going to happen that I want to happen? No. But what matters is that the players feel safe, the players feel secure, the players feel really confident, and that they really believe in this team. I mean, for the first time, Caitlin, you and I were talking about this, like, this is a team that's like bought in. Like, you can look back and be like, wow, I can really see that everybody on in this club right now wants to wear this crest. They're excited to wear this crest. There are no mm -hmm. reservations about it when that has not been the case in past years. And I mean, you can just kind of see it and not like everybody was like, we hate Louisville. I mean, it's not a binary, but I mean, they're just people who are like, I mean, I'm playing for the team I'm playing for. Cool. Mm -hmm. And that's just not gonna win you championships you know mm -hmm. and the team now like they're all for the crest they're all for the team they're all for the club 
And I mean, that has to say something with at least from the player's perspective, how much better things have gotten. Again, it's not perfect. I'm not expecting perfection though. I'm not going to be naive enough to expect that like everything's going to be sparkly best friends. Everything is like going to be a perfectionist world that where everything happens that I want it to happen. But I mean, the, the most important thing, the thing that I've always asked for is that the players feel safe, they feel supported, and they say that they are, feel very safe, they feel very supported. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Caitlin, they detailed numerous ways, like say we know exactly how to report anything, we mm-hmm. definitely feel like it'll be taken serious by the by the league, by the team, and that's that's what all I needed to hear. I, I feel a lot better than I think I've I've ever felt about the direction of the team hearing it from them what Mm -hmm. are your thoughts tom yeah oh you know i'm reminded of a quote by winston churchill where he said uh the united states of america can always be counted on to do the right thing when all other options have been exhausted (laughs) and i kind of feel that way about soccer holdings um i don't want this to sound victory lapish because it's not but for all of us that you know voted with our dollars um withheld season ticket holders uh deposits they hurt us um and for those listeners that are not part of the you know holistic louisville soccer culture uh we have a usl team loose city the loose city team has a supporters group called the Coopers. There was a lot of infighting because the Coopers took a very loud, very vocal stand or some members of the Coopers that, you know, Lou city was in the playoffs last year. The Coopers were quiet. I was in the stadium. It was obvious. It was uncomfortable. Um, We were heard. Soccer holdings had no choice, but to make changes and they made changes. And that's not coming from me. That's coming from the players. They say that they are feeling safe. I'm going to believe them. Um, do I believe that uh, that Soccer Holdings is a just, wonderful you know, operation, organization? I said, last pod, I'm, ambiv- I'm ambivalent with that. I still am. Uh, but I also know that I spend money with a lot of companies that probably I don't feel good about how they spend their profits. That's American capitalism. Yep. I will say that today, like this last weekend, we went to the Loose City um, home opener. Uh, my family, we love going to the stadium. It was really cold. Neither my wife nor my daughter listened to me about how cold it was. It was cold. Went to the stadium, bought an overpriced sweatshirt, and at no point when they were running my card did I feel, oh, I am supporting bad people. It's like, no. I, they took my money. I was happy to spend it. We bought a thing of nachos that was really good. Um, Blue City lost. It was still go, going to the stadium. You know, I hope that day never comes when more abuse allegations uh, come up. If it does... We'll be on the side of the players. I'll be on the side of the players. But for today, I'm happy to just be a fan and not and and listen to the players and not feel that uh, they are, you know, in danger. I do want to push back on one thing just a little bit. 
agree, I agree that the club only did the right thing when they had to, but I believe they did that back in 2022. I, I mm-hmm. don't think that everything just suddenly changed in this off season and they f- finally fixed things. If you really listen to the players, they say, no, we've been processing this for a year. The hardest thing about all of this is that you heard it a year after we did and we processed it, got over and feel that things improved vastly. So they're frustrated that everybody thinks that they're like, this just happened, that the abuse just stopped in December when the reports came out, when they're like, no, we've, we felt good here for a year. That's why we resigned. That's why we decided. And so like, yeah, I do think that soccer holdings made the changes when they absolutely had to. I mean, let's not delve into everything that happened, but I, they did do it a a while ago. I mean, one of the hardest things about this is that all our emotions are very raw and fresh and and they're not for the players. And I, so mm-hmm. I think that's that's worth pointing out. At the same time, though, like, I mean, people need to do what they feel is right. If, if they yep, don't feel absolutely. right, going to the stadium, buying stuff, that's fine. Um, Ashley Kowalski on Twitter uh, said that she's going to go to the games, but she's not going to buy anything from concessions or the team store. And instead, she's going to donate a portion of money for every game she attends to the Center for Women and Children and the NWSL Players Fund. And I think that is an awesome way to kind of walk that line if you're torn about it but the bottom line is i mean not to like raise alarm bells or like act like everything's about to collapse but i mean the players say that the way you will support us is by showing up to games not just to hear them but like the 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 team needs supporters if they're going to survive and if you are absolutely completely unable to emotionally invest in the in the team to the point where you want to go to games like that's fine i mean like you're allowed to not be a fan of things anymore like Mm -hmm. i i i'm not saying like that's a bad thing but i do think that we need to keep in mind that for a team to exist they need to have fans and Mm -hmm. you know if if that is enough to like i don't know at least think about that have some introspection about that i'm not going to tell you what to do but i mean it, it is important that if we want a team here in louisville that we we have to show up for it yeah, I I totally agree, Becky. And I I want to explain, you know, my the decision I have made. I did not cancel my season tickets. I I plan on keeping them and supporting the players. And I support anyone who doesn't want to make that decision. That is absolutely your prerogative. Um, but I just want to explain my thinking behind it. And it's that yes. The players want us to show up and support them. And the best way we could do that, you know, is going to the games. And for me, like, I just can't, I can't bring myself to financially punish the players, most of whom who were not, were not here when most of this went down for their employer's mistake. Really good point. Ultimately, that's what it is. And, you know, we have, what, three original players from the very first season? Everyone yep. else is has gone or has left. And they, by all accounts, have ma- made a lot of changes between that first and second season. The people that came in in 2021, completely different experience than the team had last year, which to me shows that there's some progress that has been made. Um, and so I I really wonder if by constantly 
um, harping on this and and bringing it up if we're not like a like re-traumatizing some of the players oh. and forcing them to think back to it and we're just some of these players they were not here like can you imagine being in a job and then constantly getting crap for something that happened before you were there like it's terrible it's bad that it happened and i wish it didn't but the changes were made and this is what it is now you know so that's that's just where i'm coming from it doesn't have to be where you're coming from. I just want to, I just wanted to provide, you know, another, another viewpoint. Um, yeah. No, so and that's I, right. I, I agree 100%. I mean, right now the players say, if you want to support us, you will come to games, you know, like that, that is the most direct way to support us. And like I said, if, if you can't bring yourself to do that, that's totally fine. But like, mm-hmm. if you truly want to support the players, then you listen to what the players are saying and you believe them and they're saying so please support us please come to games please believe us when we say things are different and like please move on because like we can't keep living forever in in 2021 and like you said caitlin because most of us weren't even here but the ones mm-hmm. that were here are like please like we're we were ready to move on not because and not in a callous way not in a dismissive way but in a right. way that's like i mean you can't keep dragging people back to a time that was bad for them and say that it's like for their own good. I mean, that's, that's not healthy. So I mean, Mm -hmm. let's not belabor this point forever, but I mean, I, I agree. Absolutely. Everybody listening to this, do what your heart tells you to do. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I just feel strongly that I, I do want a club to be here because the players say they want a club to be here. The moment the players are like, nah this this place isn't it like we we want to leave we can be better somewhere else then i will start worrying but right now they say no we want to be here we love each other we love the team we want to play for the city and so i'm i'm gonna support them because that's what they say they want well you know we should you know we should always be listening to the players but you know what else we should be listening to oh tom the mint mix i love it Uh, you are the best with that i love it (laughs) thank you thank you man caitlin the (laughs) mint mix has been so awesome what do you have for us this week okay so i have i have you know a list of songs to choose from do you do you guys have any contributions or do we want to hold off on that for another week I have a contribution and I think it's still fitting because okay. it wasn't going to be if depending on how the um how the results went but I am in fact feeling good like Nina Simone sang about because mm. things are feeling pretty good with the way the team is going you know birds are flying high in the sky they're in the trees I'm feeling I'm feeling real good about the way things are going Gosh, Becky, that's such a good choice. I wish I had chosen that. Tom, do you have one? I do, but I, I want to give just a, a touch of background first because uh, okay. um, as it will be, ava- you know, become evident um, whenever you ask me about the Mint Mix, um, I don't um, listen to what we would call modern or popular music. Oh, so I, I asked my daughter, who's, I, I was like... Uh, AB, what are some songs for the Mint Mix? Uh, and she gave some suggestions. She said, uh, Wavy Interlude by SZA, uh, Gangsta Boo by Ice Spice, 
or The Box by Roddy Rich. Uh, I have never heard of any of these songs. <laughs> I've never heard of any of these artists. I think that there's at least a 50% chance that she was just making up random things by throwing gibberish <laughs> words together to tease me. So I'm not going to choose any of those. Uh, instead, I am going to choose a song by my favorite band um, called the Waylon Jennings. Uh, not Waylon Jennings, uh, W-A-I-L-I-N-J-E-N-N-Y-S. They have a song called Beautiful Dawn, um, and it's a song about heartbreak and how you overcome heartbreak and you look forward to the moment that the heartbreak ends, which is the beautiful dawn. Um, so uh, let me see here some of the lyrics. Um, take me to the breaking of a beautiful dawn. Take me to the place where we come from. Take me to the end so I can see the start. There's only one way to mend a broken heart. Take me where love is not for sale. Take me where our hearts are not so frail. Take me where the fire still loans its spark. There's only one way to mend a broken heart. Uh, and the reason that I like this song, uh, first of all, I think the Waylon Jennings, they do these three-part harmonies that I think is uh, just about the most uh, beautiful sound that human beings can make. But, and we're, I'm not talking about the, you know, all the off-the-field stuff that we just talked about. I'm talking about on-field results. Last year was a hard year to be a racing fan. It was a hard year to be a racing fan. Racing gave up a goal in the first 10 minutes in 33% of their games. Yeah, One game out of three were giving up a goal in the first 10 minutes, often in the first five minutes. It was hard. We had two months where we're not scoring goals. We're not getting wins. Um, you know, I said that my worst day fishing better than my best day working. My worst day without being a racing fan was better Um than my best day not being a racing fan. I don't know if I said that right. Uh, but <laughs> the fact is, is that all of the heartbreak of being a racing fan this all this last season, it's gone. We are at the we are at the beautiful dawn now of a new season. What has gone on in the past is done. We are at the very beginning, and I am excited for this season. I mean, we drew nil-nil with a playoff team today on the road. Uh, it is a beautiful dawn beginning of the season. Wow. That was beautiful, Tom. That, really, was, that's a great, that was lovely. That was, that was great, and I, I can't wait to listen to that song. Um, yeah, that was wonderful. Um, so I guess my my contribution is um, you, guys, you guys covered the, uh, you know, the actual game itself or the team itself and for me i i had to choose um the song birthday by the beatles oh, because of one savannah Demello. oh yeah um we are recording on her it's her 21st 25th not first <laughs> 25th birthday today um and i was really hoping she would get a birthday goal she would score a birthday goal she didn't but um yeah, so that that song is for Sav. Happy birthday, Sav. Happy birthday, Sav. She didn't get a goal, but she did get fouled 15 times, and they only blew the whistle three times on her, which is same about as the it most... ever was. Same, same as it ever yes, was. same as it ever was. <laughs> which I mean, Talking Heads things. might be a song, but uh, <laughs> let me write that down for future use. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> excellent. Well, I think we are coming to the end. Becky, what can folks look for 
us from the Butchertown Rundown. Are we getting on schedule every other week now? We are on schedule. We are going to be every other Wednesday releasing, so keep an eye out for us. And remember that on the weeks that we do not release a podcast, we are going to have a wonderful podcast, Lavender Louisville, on the opposite weeks of us, and they release on Thursdays. That's really exciting. But... We are going to have a couple special episodes coming up. We're going to keep doing interviews that will fall outside of our normal schedule and we will make sure we announce them, but um, start thinking up some questions for Loma Lay because sooner rather than later, the date's not set, but we are going to have her on this pod. So we want to ask her some, some real fun questions. So keep that in the back of your mind. Excellent. Whiteside, have we covered everything? Um, oh, there were a few things like newsworthy <laughs> that I just thought of and they're kind of big. Okay. Um, one, the new kits got released guys. Oh, how do we not talk about that? We didn't the, talk oh, yeah, about we those didn't at even all. mention the kits. Yeah. The houndstooth kits were released this week and across the board, honestly, like positive reviews everywhere. Uh, Athletics said it's the best kit of the year. I mean, hello. It's got a great story behind it. Um, And yeah, I think I I love it. I love Houndstooth. Um, I think they're going to look really sharp. So there's that. Can I just say one thing? Like all the people who are acting like you love the lilies and roses. No, you didn't. That's a lie. You are liars. (laughs) Mm -mm. All of you who like, I remember, and it even happened today in my own home, guys. I was, my (laughs) sister and niece, I was talking to them and they were like, we don't like the hand's tooth. We like the lilies more. And I was like, you guys hated it for the first year. And we talked about how gaudy it was. So mm-hmm. like, this is revisionist history. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I love the original kit. I love how bold it is. I love that no matter where you were, you were like, oh, that is racing playing. There's no mm-hmm. question. Um, yeah. And I feel like this, this kit will also be obvious enough that you'll have the same thing. It's wearable too. And I like that, but yeah, I just I want to call out every single person from <laughs> racing's background and not mostly people who are not who are suddenly after trashing it and calling it nursing scrubs and grandma's tablecloth, and grandma's curtains, and <laughs> all this suddenly acting like it was the fate the, the best kit they'd ever seen in racing has fallen so far. Y'all are liars, and we can all see it. That's that's all I want to say. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's that's the truth. Um, also. One more thing. Jalen Howell was named captain. Yes, Captain Aww. Howell. Captain J. I'm so sad that she couldn't captain her first game. But I, I mean, know. It's awful. Or it's it's pretty freaking awesome that we have Abby Ersig to fill in. I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So but, yeah, I'm proud congr- of her. Yeah, congrats on that, Jay. I think I think she'll be she'll be a great captain. Agreed. So yeah. I'm so, excited. I think we'll have that was many all more I had. talks about that. Many yeah. more to talk about that. Um exciting stuff. Oh. Like, you know, we're looking to wind down and Whiteside busting out with let's talk about Captain Marvel, Jay Howell. (laughs) Going to do that. You know what? We'll do that next time. This was fun. Let's do it again. Let's do it. Let's do it.